Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Coming up on this episode of Barbecue and Tech, barbecuing for your tailgate at either a football game, baseball game, or whatever it is you do. I'm your host, Rod Simmons, joined by my partner in crime and co-host, Chris Ashley. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? Man, the excitement, the 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 energy I'm feeling from all the folks throwing shout outs on Twitter and Instagram and everything, man. We appreciate y'all, man. We 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 getting even more fired up than we was before. And let me tell you something. I'm always fired up to talk barbecue and and technology. So putting them together was already dope. But then everybody starts checking in, sending their food pics. Man, homie sent me the picture of his uh, pulled pork last weekend. Cut. God, I, it, the funny thing is when I see these pictures, I immediately want to go fire up my smoker. I'm like, yo, I got to match you, man. I got you, you tested me. <laughs> I got to go fire up my smoker now. Oh. So what is your, what's, you smoked something. Well, actually, let's, before we get started into the show, you, you've used the, um, the meter thermometer. Yeah, so I'm, I'm still putting it through its paces. Um, so it's not something that I'm ready to say, go out and go get the, cause I got the block. Um, I can confirm a few things about it though. And if anybody doesn't know by now, uh, the meter is a wireless remote meat thermometer. And the cool thing about it is, uh, for, I guess for most people, when we have the, the we have these remote thermometers, there's a device that sits outside of your smoker and you have to run a wire into the smoker. And most cases it's not that big a deal, but it, it can get unruly. Um, there is times when I got a probe in a brisket and then I got a probe in a chicken and I got a probe in a pulled pork or pork shoulder. All, you know, just wires coming all out of the uh, smoker. And uh, these things are completely wireless. Uh, they're individual uh, probes. And the number, I guess a lot of people just like it because of the fact that it's easy to stick it in and you walk away and you can get your temperature remotely. But I think the understated feature that this uh, device has is the fact that it gives you the temperature of the meat and the ambient temperature around the meat. So this allows me to get even more specific with the temperatures on in my smoker at the different levels that I'm smoking food at, 
right? Because I got four shelves. And so if I got something at the top, it's probably might, it might be a little hotter up there. It might be a little cooler, just depending on how the air convection works on the smoker. You never, yeah, you know, it's supposed to be pretty even. And I think from so far from what I can tell, it is relatively even, maybe off by a couple of degrees in the different levels, but I haven't done an all out test of every rack throughout a long smoke. I've really just been only using the bottom racks because I've been testing it on chicken, something that's fast and quick, but I can get a good temperature reading out of those. Those are the type of things that I still want to test. But uh, it, it, to me, that, that feature, they mention it, but really that's probably my favorite feature. Now, the other part, which was important was um, I wanted, I was concerned. I've mentioned this before. My stumps, a smoker is like a gun safe. When you shut that door, it literally sounds like a safe that's closing. It's a good thing. And uh, I was concerned that the signal would not be able to make it out of there. But the way this uh, meter block is designed is the block sits next to the smoker. The probes communicate with the block. And then the block is connected to Wi-Fi, which can, can then can, can communicate to my phone remotely through a cloud service or whatever. And it's great. And I was able to go be out on the road and uh, definitely be able to check the temperature of the food that I was cooking. Uh, I, the temperature rose faster than I thought. And I was able to tell my wife, Hey, go and remove the meat. It's ready. You know? And uh, that, that to me is just a uh, cool, I love being able to do things remotely. And I love the fact that now I have the temperature probes on a different device than the actual controller for the smoker. So there's no single point of failure. People in software, people that work in uh, tech, you always try to mitigate your single points of failure. And definitely I've had it where my controller failed. And not only did I not have temperature of the food, but I also didn't have temperature off the smoker and couldn't control the, uh, the fan. So yeah, now you have so you have redundancy now because the probes can tell you the ambient temperature. You now have two things telling you what the ambient temperature is. So if one goes bad, you you and honestly, if you have four probes in, you have four different probes that are telling you ambient temperature potentially on different racks. But nonetheless, if your smoker went off and said the ambient temperature was way higher than the four probes, you probably would know that you're something. Um, somebody's off, right? And I need yeah, to check some, something. something's off. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so being able to have multiple readings, they should be within, I, I don't expect them to be exactly the same, but if they're within a few degrees, I'm comfortable with that, which it, which it has been the case so far. But even if the probes for some reason go out, the temperature on the smoker can be maintained. If the temperature on the smoker goes out, the I can still get the readings on my meat. So I, I really like this so far. There's, I haven't, like I said, I have still have to put it through its paces, though. I, I haven't done a brisket yet. I haven't done pulled pork yet. I haven't done like a massive cook yet. So I've got a lot of stuff to do. But so far, I will say that I'm pleased with the meter, much like many of the people who communicated to me when they saw that I posted that I got it. Uh, so far, I've, I haven't seen anybody have issues with this. So r- really, really cool so far. Now, uh, one question: Have you tried to use the um, estimated cook time yet on it, where it tells you, like, oh, you only got twenty minutes left in your cook? Yes, I I actually paid attention to it. So that's another cool feature that they do tout. When you have it in there, it tends to estimate 
when the meat is actually going to be ready. And it's not 100% foolproof because I've seen where I open the smoker and the temperature drops, right? When I close it, it has trouble reassessing the time when it's going to when it's going to be finished because the temperature dropped and I'm assuming that it's basing part of its algorithm based on the temperature that the smoker is at. Right. Yep. So I've seen where it starts to struggle a bit, but with that said, at least for chickens, it's been pretty spot on. Like when it has worked, it's been 20 minutes and within that time frame it usually it hits the temp that I want and I also like that it's preset out of the box with recommended finished temperatures uh, you can certainly adjust it but I like the fact that not only does it have the family of meat so you can say chicken but then once you go into chicken you can say breast thigh, leg, and then it actually has different temperatures for the different cuts. So I like I like I, I like that attention to detail there as well. Um and then of course the thighs they have at 170 while the breast they have at uh 167, something like that. So slightly less so it doesn't dry out. So so far some really cool features about it, but uh definitely not perfect. All right, cool. Well, uh, we'll uh, we'll keep tuned for that. But let's let's talk uh, tailgating. So I know you oh, and wait I. Wait a minute before you talk tailgating. Let's oh, talk about yeah. how people can support the show. All right, because so, everything's um, set up now. Yeah, we've got everything set up. So if if you're listening to the show and you're really enjoying it and you want to know how you can support the show, I always say the the first way that you can support the show that doesn't cost you anything is tell your friends about the show so they come and they can listen about barbecue and hopefully they can cook better food when you come over so you don't always have to cook and bring food to their houses. Um, get them subscribed. Leave reviews wherever you are subscribing for the show or wherever you get your friends subscribe to the show. We take all five-star reviews and only five-star reviews, so please leave your reviews there. Um, but probably some of the other more important ways you can help support the show is we actually have created a Patreon uh, uh, page. So if you head over to barbecueandtech.com, you can click on the Patreon link and um, help support the show um, with either one-time donations or you can do an ongoing donation. We have a number of people who've already started uh, supporting the show through Patreon, and we greatly appreciate that because that will enable us to continue to evaluate things like the meter or other cool tech gadgets like I'm – Dying for Chris to evaluate his uh, injection injection tool that he uses because uh, it's the one that we both dreamed about. Um, but finally, the last and most important way that you can help support the show is um, our recommendations. Go buy. While we do get a commission, every many of the products we recommend, we try to give you guys Amazon links. They are affiliate links, which puts a little bit of commission back in our pocket. And again, all that goes into us being able to get new products and new things and evaluate. So maybe. Eventually, we'll probably buy a new, a different smoker. I think Chris is in love with his stump smoker, but maybe I'll get the next generation stump smoker and bring it over to my house and we'll do an evaluation of that for you guys. So anything that we can do to continue to do product evaluations for you guys uh, is greatly appreciated. And if you have some ideas of what we should be looking at and evaluating, definitely send a tweet out to either Chris or myself. Um, and we will definitely get to looking at those products. Yeah. Cause somebody mentioned that they wanted us to go into, um, sous vide. And it's something that's been on the uh, back of my yeah. mind to check out. And I have a buddy that's a, I would say an expert at sous vide. So we can definitely get him on to talk about it and kind of walk us through getting into it. So is it Sean? Yes. 
Yeah, absolute, I expert, <laughs> absolute expert on sous vide. This dude, I went to his house um, and he prepared an entire dinner and he did a sous vide, had it cooking all day. And uh, it was and then he took it out and he put it on his green egg to finish it off. And it was fantastic. You know what I say? Let's get Sean on the next episode. Let's talk to him, see if we can get him on the next episode so we can actually talk sous vide on the next episode. Well, if we can't get it, or we'll try to get it within the next three or four episodes, but we'll we'll aim. Yeah, let me let me check what his schedule first before we. Of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> you like, next let's, episode. Let's, I don't know what this guy's busy. <laughs> you on our show now. <laughs> You're and a friend. Me, you have no choice. Right. Uh, let me give a quick shout out to uh, Ed and uh, Duncan. Uh, some of our early patrons, man, we, we appreciate you, Ryan. Gosh, man, we appreciate you guys. So I'm going to give you a direct shout out on the show. Some of our first patrons and Gorilla. The Gorilla is already supporting the show, too. All right. So let's get into this, man. This is a this is probably I've loved every topic we've talked about. But when we when I say I'm darn near an expert at this one, I, I don't think I'm exaggerating. I think I, I think I got uh I got I think I got credentials on this one. So how so we are we are um we have the Washington football team we have to deal with, which um Trash. the only thing good about watching their games <laughs> is tailgating. Uh, so so when the tailgate um, is better than the game, you know there's something wrong with the team. So for you how many years were you and I both ticket holders for the games? Well me like longer than years. you. Yeah, uh, five, on, seven like, years. I I got my first set of tickets in 2009 and I didn't I canceled them 3 years ago and I was on the waiting list for the better part of 16 years. Yeah. So, so I I had my tickets for a while. And we did a number of tailgates and I think we made I don't want to say made, made mistakes, but we had a number every of our, week. Yeah. <laughs> for every home game. So there was what eight home games a year. So eight there's home games a year. And like I said, I canceled my tickets in what, 2019? So that was what, eight years, uh, nine years straight. Eight, eight home games, a couple playoff games. I was tailgating. Yeah. So we had, I'd, I'd say, false starts with equipment. I think um, from a, I know we had one grill that, while it seemed like it was a fantastic idea of a flat top grill out there trying to cook. Oh, let's be clear. It was a fantastic idea <laughs> until it wasn't it was a fantastic <laughs> idea. <laughs> so I, I think that the challenge you run into, and, and again, this is for anybody who lives in a northern uh, part of the U.S. Um, or in the world where you deal with seasonal changes, where it gets cold. We had a like a flat top griddle and it was, it was fantastic when we were tailgating um, for the preseason games Hold on in August. Let me tell you how dope this grill was. It was a four burner griddle. Uh, so I think it was probably a good 36 inches wide and probably about uh, 18, 20 inches deep. And what was so cool about it was the way it collapsed. It was completely portable. So we would pull up to the tailgate we would start unloading my avalanche at the time. I would pull that thing out and you would immediately see people's heads turn sideways like a dog. Like, what is that? I would, it, there was a clip that held the grill part onto the legs. You undo the clip, you remove the grill part. The legs folded upwards like an accordion almost 
they would, you know, the right leg sat on top of the left side of the side of the legs, and then you would fold them both up. So the right legs would stand up and the left legs would stand up. And then you would reclip the grill. So it immediately set the grill went from being up to your shins up to your waist. So it made it real easy to store and travel with. This thing was dope. One bad design, though. Go ahead. But when you had to deal, like, and I think everybody runs into this is if the weather is warm, you're good. If it gets windy, if you're dealing with an open flame and wind, it's really kind of hard to keep that grill warm. And then I think Mother Nature will always win. So when you were getting into the later part of the season for us, yeah. where you might be fighting with 40, 30 degree temperature and sometimes colder, yeah, it doesn't matter. Even if you have zero wind, 30 degree air sitting on top of that grate constantly Almost destroyed the tailgate. Yeah. And you struggle. Like you're like, I can't even get this onion to slightly turn a darker shade of white. (laughs) It was awful. (laughs) It was so cold that the grill, and I think it was probably a good 40,000 BTUs. So that's not, you know, it's not the greatest, but it's not terrible. And, uh, but the problem was, yeah, like you said, it was so cold that the metal on top could, the heat from underneath could not keep up with how cold it was outside. And so, so, so much so that you could put your hand, you could probably <laughs> touch the grate, um, and like hold your hand there for one or two seconds before you said, I, I, I should probably remove my hand. This is actually, this is warm. But yeah, as you already know, to cook, you should be able to tap it and got to get off of it because it's so hot you will burn. And it was like, yeah. you could touch it, put your hand there, two, three. All right, yeah, I better take my hand off. It. So, so, and the main problem with this thing was that it had no lid, right? It only had a cover to keep it protected when it was not in use, but it didn't have a lid like a traditional grill where you could close it down and get that uh, convection effect going inside of there to maintain the temperature. And it had no like windshield, so the well, problem- it did have a tiny one. Remember, it was, <laughs> it, was it, it was maybe like two inches, and it would flip up. And it was cool the way it was stowed, right? You would flip it out and flip it up, and it would go into position, and it would, it, you know, it. But it was it was useless, and especially in that type of weather. Uh, so for people that live in warmer climates, this thing would have been perfect. I don't even know if they sell it anymore. I got it at Dick's Sporting Goods. Um, so what we ago. wind up doing is during really cold and or windy days, specifically windy, you would have three or four guys who would stand surrounding the grill just so that the wind wouldn't keep blowing the flame off of the griddle so we could keep it warm. It, it Like I say, it was tragic, uh, that, the mistake we made here. That was the beginning of the end. We had that thing for probably two years and people were super jealous of it when they saw it. And we use it for other events. And, but, uh, when that day happened, that was pretty much the kiss of death. We're like, I can't have this thing ruining my tailgates, you know, but uh, enter version two grill. Um, and I think that's where you, you definitely stepped the game. Well, I think after after that one with the the version three was the main one, but version two was the double small grill. So I got the next grill, uh, the ones that are the tabletop grills and I got two of them. So my my goal when I was when I was doing these tailgates every week was to be super portable, but be able to be efficient, and then uh, but definitely have enough heat to cook whatever I wanted to cook. 
And so what I did on this one in this case was, okay, I want to be portable. So I got two smaller grills so that depending on what we were cooking for the day, I could pull out one or pull out both. And that worked out really well for quite some time. Um, but in the end, they started getting banged up and uh, and just started taking L's. So enter version three. Version three was probably my best idea yet. And in version three, I actually just got a regular home grill because I was had a truck. I got a. Uh, yeah, the thing that. Yeah, we know it's like a, little, it's like a little hitch, you know, like a, a one of those hitches you see people uh, moving with. Uh, so it was like a it wasn't a huge one, but I was able to on Sundays, I would put slide the hitch in with the uh, the carry the the cargo hitch. And then I would just throw the grill on top of it. And then we would uh, ratchet strap the grill to the hitch to that little cargo hitch. And then we would take that. So it was just a regular full size grill, but it had everything we needed. It had the heat. It had the lid. It had the power. It had the, the battery start. Uh, which you should never just rely on battery start. You should always have a backup lighter. You never know when that thing is going to fail you. But that was prop. That was what I used from then until the end, until we stopped tailgating. So I think probably if anybody's picking up on this, don't go through three versions of of options. I mean, not mind you, version two was actually a really good option. And if you looked at version two being two small grills that were just that were portable solve the problem, but we're just look at them as being disposable that like it once they get banged up or over time, I can get rid of these and replace them. Cause not everybody, some people are saying I'm tailgating, but I'm driving like a, a, like a Honda civic or uh, I I can't, I don't have, I don't have a a tow hitch where I can put a a full size grill on that. Just, it just doesn't make sense for me. Um, Let's start with version two. Cause you can go with a couple small grills, a a little table that you can kind of set up. Like you can actually probably bring, um, you know, like the TVs tables, you could probably bring a, like if you're dealing with something really small, you could bring TV tables, put your grill on top of that and then kind of work from there. Unless you got a friend with a truck who can bring it all. If you're lucky, you can find a folding table that I had, Regular standard folding table, but it had one difference. It actually had an extension under underneath the table that was specifically made for portable grills. So you would fold out the folding table. It was a regular six-foot folding table, but then it had a metal extension that would flip out again and then have a, like a, an extra leg, and then you could put your, uh, your grill on top of that. And uh, I would say for most people, I, I see... Even just the other day, somebody sent me an image of some crazy setup where the side of the truck would open up and they were able to slide out a grill from the side of the truck. They built this thing. Guys, when those things go bad, what are you going to do? So you can't just. My mind is thinking about the Rivian R1T where it has like the slide out underneath the truck and you have all of your stuff that you need for like doing a tailgating or camping and stuff like that. Like what happens when it fails you? It's going to fail you, right? Uh, they don't last forever. Yeah, they yeah, get, yeah. they get banged up. They get moved around. They get shuffled around. It's going to fail you. What are you going to do then? You know what I mean? Call, call Rivian and order another truck. Exactly. So, <laughs> so when I, when, so people have these cool tailgates that attach, you know, they have the swing arm that attaches to the, what are you going to do when it fails? Folks, listen, if you're going on tailgates or you're doing like these remote barbecues and get you two small grills and you would be don't get cheap ones, though. Get nice ones. They make really nice ones, but they're just smaller. 
They get a lot of heat. They have the covers to keep warm. And I, I think in most cases that that is a, probably my my second favorite option. I had a big truck, so it was easy for me to to port to carry a regular size grill. So before we get into the foods best for barbecue, I think one of the uh, probably just before food is when we got into when we were at the heat of our tailgating. You know, we might be rolling in for let's say we had the four o'clock or the evening game, the eight o'clock game at night. We might be tailgating midday. TV's up. We're watching other games that are actually going on. We are, we have the, the Wi-Fi is up streaming games over. What is it? I think it was direct TV, a Sunday yeah. ticket. We were streaming games over. Well, we started out with bringing an actual satellite with us and I had uh, the portable satellite dish. Um, I found a used one and you would just put in, you would basically have an, uh, an app where you could put in the code. You would see where to where you need to face based on where you were. I would put that in a uh, cube if you would, you would put it on. It was actually kind of more diamond shaped. You put it on top of the truck and just angle a little bit and use the little remote. And we could watch uh, direct TV with that thing. Uh, only problem is at the time it didn't support HD. But then from there, we started streaming. It was easier. It was just a lot to carry. So we tried to get more portable with streaming, which meant that we had to switch up our game plan and we had to get into batteries and other devices to keep everything up in uh, power inverters. And generators and all those good generators and all that. Yeah. But the nice thing, I think, when you added the generators is depending upon where we're at in the year, we were dealing with it's cold. You want to bring like baked potato soup and soups and stuff like that where you needed something to plug a crock pot into. So I think that evolution was just necessary. Yeah. I think in the end, um, if you want to have the least amount of frustration, you're going to need to find yourself a a good generator. It, It just... It just made things easy. Once we, once we, we, we did, we got the Honda 22,000, 2200i. It was like 800 bucks and we split the cost. And that's another thing, a little trick right there. If you're tailgating with multiple people or you're doing these events with multiple people, man, split the cost of these things. Just keep it at one person's house, split the cost. There's no reason for one person to eat all the cost of these things when everybody's benefiting from it. Split it. That's what we did. Makes it a lot easier, a lot easier pill to swallow. Um, but that that thing was great. It still runs to this day. Uh, you, you just get <clears throat> it had like a I think just under a gallon of gas. It would last pretty much the whole tailgate. Give that uh, quarter pull, and it would start running. And we were able to power crock pots and uh, some in some cases uh, the TV. Uh, well, no crock pots and TV for sure. Um, but then in some cases, he um, was able to use it for. What else do we use that thing for? Um, people are definitely charging their phone off of it. There's no oh, yeah. Phone chargers and all of that <laughs> stuff. Yeah. And you have to be careful, right? Because you think you're going to just charge your phones off the vehicle and then end up. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times we've seen people. Uh, anybody got a jumper cables? Because <laughs> they forgot to restart the vehicle uh, while the phones, all these different phones were just pulling energy off of it, off the battery. All right, so let's get into food because I think that's what everybody, when we talk barbecue, you say. We we did, on a number of occasions, teams that would come into town, we would do theme-based. Um, Probably one of my tailgate. greatest ideas ever in life was to have the theme-based tailgating. And uh, the more people I tell about it, the more people that are like, wow, that's a really good idea. So what is theme-based tailgating? What we would do was based on the team we were playing, we would look up to see what 
foods are they known for? And then we would put our own twist on what their foods were. The only exception was game one. We always did breakfast on game one as opposed because it was like the breakfast for the season. And uh, we would go all the way off on breakfast on game on the first game on the opening day. But other than that, as an example, when uh, Philly would come to town, obviously Philadelphia is known for their cheesesteaks. But we would go out and buy New York strips. Hear me now. We would go buy New York strips and then grill those up, cut them up and make steak sandwiches out of the New York strips. So we would get the baguette. We would butter the baguette with the garlic butter, grill the baguette directly on the grill, get a nice little charring on that bread. We would take the entire New York strip, cook that perfect medium, throw it on the baguette. Then we would just layer on whatever, you know, sometimes we would put blue cheese uh, on there, blue cheese crumbles. Sometimes we would put um, brie cheese on there and then we would take the whole baguette and cut it into individual sandwiches. Woo! So we were like, we're going to take your steaks. We're going to take your thing and we're going to make it better. Yeah, and we weren't doing your fake. I I shouldn't. I shouldn't. Yeah, you, don't, I, don't offend the cheese whiz clown. There was no cheese whiz over here with this foolishness of cheese whiz. Uh, you know, no offense to anybody that loves cheese whiz, but there's no way we're putting cheese whiz on. Uh, I don't like cheese whiz, but there was no way I was putting it on on a steak. And then when New York would come to town, we would definitely. Uh, get the the full porterhouse steaks or the tomahawk steaks and do those. Um, I remember Cincinnati is known for chili, so we would do like three different types of chili. Um, and I think they're if I'm not, I can't remember it off the top of my head, but I think they were beanless chili, and we're like, no, we're putting beans in our chili. Yeah, it, it just you know we would just flip it a little bit, or we would do an like chili is one of my favorite things to do uh, with the, in com- conjunction with barbecue. So I have no problem smoking a brisket and then taking part of that brisket, cutting it up and putting it in the chili and then getting that nice, deep, smoky flavor in the chili. So those type of things, I'm all, you know, we'll talk about chilies and crockpots on a, uh, probably on another show. Um, but these are the type of things that we were doing to really finesse our telegate. Because after years and years and years, of course, you can do burgers and hot dogs. It's so boring. If you're just doing burgers and hot dogs. So when I did burgers, I would do them in like third pound sizes. And then I would make different types of burgers. Like I would make a salsa burger uh, because I had a friend that came to our tailgate who was from Mexico and made the best salsa on earth. Uh, You know, we would put avocados and salsa on that burger. And then I made the uh, when then part of the the team were I uh, were Italians. And so we would do the Italian burger where we could put like a marinara sauce on the burger or I did a, a pesto uh, burger. And that was probably one of the top burgers that people like was that we would take a uh, pesto sauce and smother it all over the burger and, you know, and, and do that. So just some ideas. To, and all of these things were experiments that I was doing at home. So when I was growing, um, instead of just making a burger and putting it on some bread experiment, you know, throw some, throw some different things at it and see what you come up with. 
I do. I will say we had a lot of success with theme-based tailgating, but there's always, I think, your staples when you weren't doing a theme on the tailgate. Um, there were we weren't we weren't getting out there 14 hours before and trying to do a brisket at any tailgate or trying to do a pork shoulder. No, no. Um, you know, there's a place for all of that. Those are the people that have the RVs. They can sit out there all night. That wasn't our thing. Uh, for, for me, I got this awesome smoker at home and we definitely had barbecue days where the entire tailgate would just be barbecue. And, uh, from there, the way I planned it out and we, we did an episode where we talked about planning for a large barbecue and it's kind of some of the same principles, but the, the, the concept is a little bit different, right? It's figuring out what foods travel well. And then how are you going to reheat or keep the food hot? So for me, when I did ribs, and this is something I tell people that are putting on a a big uh, barbecue or a big cookout or something, and they have all these different things they want to do. And sometimes they're like, I got to do ribs. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm like, well, listen, pre-smoke your ribs the day before. Let them rest. And then just wrap them up, put them in the refrigerator. And that way, on the day that you need them, you pull them out of the foil and reheat them on the grill. So now you get a nice charring on the outside of that rib. They taste, they still have the smoky flavor because you smoked them for hours and hours and they taste, they come out great. So that's what I would do. I would pre-smoke my ribs, let them rest. And that way I could just concentrate if I was doing a brisket. I remember when my buddy Sean came down uh he wanted to experience the American tailgate he actually bought tickets flew from Canada to experience a game he bought tickets for the game probably went in the game for five minutes and left he wanted to he wanted to really experience the tailgate and I made sure he had the full experience and I smoked everything full-on brisket ribs pulled pork chicken everything and um what I did with the brisket is I timed it out right so I started the brisket at probably around 10 o'clock because I know I want that brisket coming off the smoker and we left the house about eight o'clock in the morning. So I want that thing to come off the smoker and start resting during our travel time and setup time. And by the time it's for everybody to eat, it's already rested for two hours and it's perfectly ready to cut. Same thing with the pulled pork. I would never pull the pork before we left. We would always pull it at the game. Why? Because I want to keep it together because when you pull that pork, all of a sudden it starts, you're losing temperature and you're losing losing moisture. So keep it intact intact until you're ready to use it. Amen, man. And uh, I think I'd say that anything within the barbecue realm, we we definitely had done at tailgates. And I I think I feel it made it made probably for some really good memorable tailgates. I, for me, the ones that I remember the most are probably going to be the theme-based ones. So if you can, I think if anybody can come up with their own themes that they want to go and how they take someone's uh, cities or uh, pride dish and do it one level better. I think those those definitely resounded. Uh, is, is I think what everybody really remembers about when we were tailgating. And the cool thing is you can take something like that and just have regular cookouts, right? When the next time you have a cookout, just make it, put a theme around it, you know, and just, Start bringing foods or or taking foods and and doing them with with that theme in mind. But how are you going to get it to the next level? And that's how we we continually try to improve our game when it comes to smoking foods and cooking. Is just 
how can I take it? What can I do to take it to the next level? But don't make the mistake. And I'll say this over and over again of doing too much up front. Start slow at, you know, salt and pepper and then build it up until you get to where you want to be. See, when you, said, when you said don't do too much, I was like, start with burgers and hot dogs. <laughs> Cause no, I mean, but honestly, like, I think one of the challenges you run into when you're first doing your tailgates, it's, it's really is timing. I mean, we would, we would get to the games with uh, probably like two, maybe three hours, probably three hours to spare before the game. Yeah. And pretty much around an hour to 45 minutes before the game, we were, we were shutting down the tailgate. Like we were cleaning up because the important thing is if you, if you're de- dealing with a grill that you don't want to throw that in your truck hot, you gotta, that thing has got to be shut off like good Definitely 45 minutes a lot before you think vehicle. about packing up. Definitely seen a lot of vehicle fires. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at the tailgates as well. So you're a hundred percent right is a uh, timing and that takes a little finessing, but we got it to the point where we could be, okay. It's 35 minutes before it's time to go in. We've already shut the grill off. Let it start to cool. Once all the food is cooled, uh, cooked, but then we're like, okay, break it down. And everybody has a job. You know, somebody's packing up the chairs. Somebody's packing up the tent. Somebody's packing up the, the tables loading and then we got two people loading everything uh perfectly back into the truck so everything fits nice and easy so the assigning getting people into those roles is definitely a really cool piece of it but let's go back into the tech of it now towards the end i was very fortunate that my f-150 actually had outlets in the truck and that made things a lot easier uh it just gave another source of power uh, for me, the, and you could easily run the crock pot without, without issue, could run a TV without issue. Um, but, uh, I think it's one of the best things is, uh, getting a decent power inverter. Now they have the ones that plug into the cigarette lighter, but the, they're not as strong as ones that hook directly to the battery. So once we switched up and got one of the bigger ones and, uh, hooked it up to the battery, left the vehicle running. Then it was able to run uh, more energy draining equipment. So that was a big tip right there was uh, grabbing a power inverter that actually has a battery connector to it. The other thing we already talked about, which was uh, getting a a decent generator, but just regular battery packs, too. Um, Like I had the Energizer X-PAL. I don't think they make that one anymore. I think they switched it up now. And um I think they just, what do they call it? The Energizer Ultimate. But essentially, they're just like these portable battery packs. And just to keep people's phones charged and you don't have to rely on the vehicle to keep those phones charged and the tablets running. Not to running. mention the MiFi. I mean, even with MiFi. Oh, oh, man. Yeah. Forgot about you that. don't You don't think about like how you're running like, a, you know, internet connectivity so you can either stream games on an iPad or a TV. But um it, it seems like, yeah, those things that have batteries that last long enough, but every once in a while you're like, you need that extra power for those, those items. Um, so you just, you take one of those, you plug it into the battery pack, and you're never worried about that internal battery waning. And especially when it's a device that you're only using on a once every week or every other week based upon home games, you forget to charge the battery and you're kind of screwed. And knowing that you can take that and plug it into uh, a battery pack and it just, it's just, it's a no brainer. Um, so I think the battery packs were, they're definitely good for your devices. But if you're streaming games and you're putting them on tablets, 
another good reason that, you know, your tablet, if it's going to be running uh, pregame shows and all the stuff that you're watching, um, those are, it's, again, just another reason to have those battery packs that are always sitting around and ready to, ready to rock and roll for you. So uh, there's a lot of little, a lot of high tech stuff, but there's, you know, there's also the low tech of don't forget your spoons, don't forget your napkins, all the little silly things. Yeah. And uh, the other thing is, uh, don't go out and we kind of alluded to this before. Um, what was that cooler that they were introducing? And oh, everybody. the cooler with the blender on it? That stupid thing? It had the blender, it had the, the yeah, radio. That, and I was like, listen, I have absolutely zero desire for this device. And people like, they, People were just, you know, I think Igloo brought them right out the gate <laughs> as soon as they launched. This was supposed to be like a cooler that had everything built into it. And remember earlier, we talked about single points of failure. Guys, don't do not do that. Don't go out and buy these crazy devices that have, oh, we can, you know, tune up your car and charge a battery and cook your food for it. It's silly because. Yeah, I think it was called Coolest. It was the coolest cooler. I was, from day one, I was against that thing. And I said, here's the reality, right? A, I don't always need a cooler. B, you know, I like to have some of these devices separated. So if something breaks, I have, you know, if, there's, if the portable speaker broke, I can just use the truck, right? You bring that coolest out and you're like, okay, everything is built into this thing. And then Bluetooth stops acting funky, which is probably one of the worst technologies still. That way, I can't believe we still use this uh, Bluetooth. But uh, if that goes out and it's all of a sudden starts acting funky, what are you going to do? Right. So don't don't tie all these things into one one thing. You know, it doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, I think by far the and and how good can a speaker built into a cooler sound? Right. I tell you the. One of the best speakers that I ever bought was the Ion Audio. There was like it's uh one of those the they're in a square case, about 179 bucks, but they they have Bluetooth built into them. But man, it was so loud and sounded decent uh, for outside tailgates. I'll say I, I'm a big fan of Sonos, as you already know. So I do love Sonos speakers and they have a number of portable ones, but Bose has uh, their line of their nice portable waterproof speakers or whatever you yep. need uh, speakers to go out and use. And again, you're not. I think one day we'll to, have to just review all the portable speakers we've ever used, what we liked, what we didn't like, uh, especially for tailgates and barbecues and cookouts and stuff like that, because that's important, right? The, the ambiance of the music. Uh, definitely plays a part in these cookouts, so we'll have to. We'll have not, to. Go not to through. mention, you know, everybody. Every once in a while, you want to have uh, the games that you know you guys can play. Whether you're throwing footballs around or you're playing, um, oh my god, why am I forgetting the name of the game? Where you're throwing the bean bags into the. Oh well, anyway, I think everybody knows what I'm talking about. It'll come to me later. But uh, let's uh, before, let's wrap this show up, Chris, and get a, a pick in here. And I know that the generator is always a good thing. I I, I I'd have to say, if I were going to be tailgating today. I probably would not use a gas generator. I probably would transition more towards a pure electric generator, like something like Ego is offering for their generators. I don't know about you. So, yeah, I, I, I've been, yeah, I, we, I've been on Ego since day one. I bought the lawnmower. And now I have their, their, uh, their Wee Whacker and their Tiller. And yeah, I'm really in the, in the, in the Ego ecosystem. And I've been eyeing that a battery, uh, portable battery pack for a while, but I just haven't pulled the trigger. 
uh, on it yet. But uh, I would, yeah, if anybody's listening to the show has one, I'd love to hear from you what you like, what you don't like. Is it worth it? Um, but uh, I, I, you know, I got to give props where props are due. The the Honda EU twenty two hundred solid for us, still works to this day. Uh, so if you're looking for a, an under a uh, solid um, generator under a thousand dollars, you definitely check out that Honda uh, 2200 I. Uh, so that's one. Um, if if I was to go with a second pick, you know, let's go on high end and low end. Definitely the Energizer portable batteries have always been solid. The X Pals. Uh, which is what they started out with. They have all the different connectors. Some of them can power a laptop. Uh, most obviously they can power phones and tablets. Um, they have the different, they usually come with the different tips that allows you to hook up different devices without having to have your cord with you. So definitely the Energizer, uh, um, battery packs are super, have always been super solid for me. Um, so like I say, my, my pick would absolutely be going down the pathway of, um, the, um, ego generator, but to do something that's probably less out of the stratosphere of picks. Um, I'm a big Mophie juice pack fan. Um, I think Mophie makes uh, great products, but uh, I will also link a couple other battery packs. I think anchor A N K R or A K E R. I don't remember exactly how they spell it, but I'll, it'll be in the, uh, the show notes for you guys. Um, I love the anchor battery packs cause they're, they're relatively expensive. So when you're going with a high end name brand like Mophie, you might pay a hundred dollars for that battery pack. Whereas when you go with someone like anchor um, and it might be an Amazon, um, I guess one of their like a uh, prime choice type items, you might only pay 40 bucks for it. So if you're, and, and again, all I care is that I have a couple USB C ports and, uh, and some uh, traditional USB A ports. So whatever it is you need, I think the battery packs are probably definitely one of the things to, to consider. So we'll try to drop a couple links in here for some of the battery packs that uh, we've used over the years. Um, and, uh, maybe even, uh, if Chris can find the grill version two or grill version three, we'll drop a link in for those as well. Oh, yeah. So folks. Man, let's let's keep this thing going. Pretty soon, we will have our Discord up, and what we plan to do is, uh, if, if you're a member of the Patreon, you'll be able to get into the Discord where we can have some more deeper conversations about barbecue, testing things out, communicating with each other, really starting to build up that community around. Hey, I'm trying this because honestly, I'm a member of a bunch of different Facebook barbecue communities, and pretty much all of them are start out okay and then they get useless pretty quickly uh they get crazy big people just ragging on each other for asking simple questions like not everybody's on the same level and i don't want that at all i want people to ask anything they want and be comfortable asking whatever they want and then we can have a discussion and say hey i tested this out i like this i didn't like this so we're definitely going to get our discord server up uh soon and if you're if you're a patron at the right level, you'll be able to access that and have some fun with us on, on there. And as soon we have to address a brisket and fat side up, fat side down. Yeah, we we will get we'll get there, man. We'll get there. Let's. Yeah, you want to we, save brisket forever, don't you? Uh, let me tell you something, man. If brisket is a long, difficult, fun, crazy topic, so I just you know let's take our time. Yeah, you know, just like I would tell anybody who's getting into smoking, take your time. We, we'll get into the brisket conversation. Uh, but we have a store up. So if you're interested in one of our bar, our barbecue and tech cutting boards, definitely check that out. They're made out of handmade 
by Rod and I made out of walnut and maple. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. And your cutting boards are important uh, in this thing because you want to make sure you have a good end grain cutting board. Right, Rod? So that you don't dull your knives too quickly. So uh, we've definitely stepped up our cutting board game because getting your knives sharpened is a must, but it doesn't have to be a must every week. Right. And uh, what do you do after your awesome barbecue? Why not sit back and chill with a cigar? So we have our barbecue and tech ashtrays in the store as well. Also made out of maple and walnut and made by Rod and I. And uh, you know, we're making them ourselves. So there's an extra special love and an extra special attention paid to these things. And they look great. And definitely uh, the folks that have them have enjoyed them so far. And uh, we want to keep that going and just you know, allow these things. We also have our shirts up, up on there as well uh, in the store. So if you want a barbecue and tech shirt, by all means, knock yourself out. And uh, yeah, so let's let's keep this going. Let's keep this rolling. Uh, thanks so much for... Uh, listening. Thanks for so much for communicating with us and you know having a good time. Anything else, Rod? Nope. I think we're good, man. All right, we out. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.